This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. At Rosie's Bakery on 26th Street in the heart of Little Village, warm, sweet air wraps around you the minute you walk in. Sugary Mexican pastries, colorful conchas, and savory breads line the glass containers. Baker and owner Fernando Vasquez started this bakery 24 years ago. And today, his two sons work alongside him. The bakery makes about 90 different items. Everything from traditional pan dulce, that's Spanish for sweetbreads and pastries, to bolillos, a traditional savory white bread, to custom cakes. Vasquez says no other bakery can match the flavor of his pastries and breads. It's a really special flavor, he says, that almost no one else has. Rosie's is one of about 10 bakeries in the area, with at least four others located just down the street or close by. And it's this phenomena that got one curious Chicagoan wondering, how do Chicago's Mexican bakeries stay in business with so much competition? And the question is an interesting one, since if you take a walk in a neighborhood with Mexican residents, you'll likely find a bakery, and usually more than one. It turns out, how they stay in business has a lot to do with both customers and tradition. Each bakery has devoted clients. Take 15-year-old Daphne Posadas, who used to live by Salgado's Bakery in Albany Park. Her family moved to the southwest side two years ago. But... They still make the 45-minute drive to Salgado's to get their bread. I always come here because I feel like this bakery is very family-friendly, and we just know everybody around here. The smell just makes it feel like even more friendly, and like, yeah. On weekends, her family gets together over hot chocolate and conchas, a round bread with a sweet topping. There are about 10 Mexican bakeries in Daphne's new neighborhood. Yet, here she is at Salgado's. In her bag, chocolate conchas for her mom, and... Her favorite, porquitos, a molasses-flavored pig-shaped treat. Yeah, I um, remember when I was little, we would come, like, in the afternoons, and you just, like, walk in the door, and, like, the smell just hits you, and it's, like, really good, and it just brings back, like, a lot of memories. So Daphne's family loyalty is a clue. To dig a little deeper, I speak to Jaime de Paolo, executive director of the Little Village Chamber of Commerce. His office is in the busy 26th Street shopping district second only to Michigan Avenue, in the revenue it generates annually. And bakeries are an important part of that revenue stream. Why? Tradition and culture, DePaulo says. Mexicans just can't live without their bread. 
Well, a bakery is like an anchor to a community. There's, there's, there's probably no Mexican home without pan dulce. If, if you walk into a Mexican traditional family, they're probably eating a pan dulce in, in the evening, having with a chocolate or a hot chocolate. DePaulo says this means there is a tremendous demand for bread in neighborhoods with large Mexican-American communities, like Little Village, where Latinos make up about 80% of the population. Each baker has a special recipe or baking trick that sets them apart. And this is where the loyalty comes in. A, f- a family has their own favorite bakery. You just don't go to any bakery. You go to the one that you think is the best baker ever, right? And that could be the smell, the taste of the bread, the recipe. Fernando Vasquez, the owner of Rosie's, agrees. But, he says, you also need to keep prices low to keep those customers coming back. At Rosie's, his team of three bakers churns out some 1,500 bolillos and 600 conchas a day. The strategy seems to work. He says his profits typically hover around 25 to 30 percent. As for competition in the market, Vasquez insists each bakery has its own loyal base. No, yo para mí lo personal no creo que nadie es competencia de nadie. He says he doesn't see anyone as competition because people go where they like the bread and are treated right. But in some neighborhoods in the city, things are changing. Take Pilsen, where rents are rising and demographics are shifting. The neighborhood is still majority Latino, but some families are moving away, which means bakeries are under pressure to close, move, or adapt. On one stretch of 18th Street in a busy part of Pilsen, there are two bakeries just down the street from one another, Panaderia Nuevo León and Panaderia El Acámbaro. Each has deep roots in the neighborhood. Nuevo León serves up a wide variety of pastries, from sweet to savory. The 82-year-old owner, Abel Saceda, even installed a special vent to spill the sweet kitchen air onto the street. His daughter, Dora Casas, and her husband run the bakery. She's noticed the change. We don't have that many Mexican families in Pilsen now, but we still get the visitors on the weekends. On a daily basis, that's, that's what's changed. Our biggest customers, the, the Mexican families. So along with the traditional bestsellers of conchas and bolillos, they carry a lot of other products. We also have donuts, we have um, elephant ears, we have cupcakes, we have muffins, we have cookies, Mexican apple turnovers. Plus, vegan options of traditional pan dulce. Panaderia El Acámbaro, down the street, specializes in a large sweetbread called pan grande. Their namesake, the town of Acámbaro, in Mexico, is famous for this type of bread. They sell their big loaves for $3 each and churn out about 600 a day. It's crazy. People come here and they come with their suitcases, fill the bread up, and, okay, we're leaving to Mexico. Oh, we're going to Florida. Oh, we're going to Texas. It's just, it's unbelievable. And that's what makes me happy, seeing that people... Love it. This is Erica Beltran, whose father Angel opened the bakery seven years ago. And now with all this gentrification going on, I think we're opening the doors to new nationalities coming in and, and, and trying our product. And, and they love it. For Beltran, who grew up in Pilsen, this neighborhood is a part of her family's past and she hopes their future. She says she thinks these changes are good for business for now, but she feels uncertain. I would love to stay in Pilsen. Uh, the rents are getting high, though. It's getting expensive. So I am looking into trying to find something here and staying in the neighborhood. But if not, I will have to move. 
So it comes down to this. With more than 600,000 Mexican and Mexican-Americans in Chicago, there's a huge demand for Mexican bakeries. Successful bakers offer something special that distinguishes them from others. A taste, a product, a relationship that draws their customer base back time and time again. And in some changing neighborhoods, they are feeling the pressure as their old customers move away and costs rise. But as Jaime de Paolo of the Little Village Chamber of Commerce said at the start, where there is a Mexican community, there will always be Mexican bakeries. De Paolo says it's all about loyalty. So, which bakery is he loyal to? Every meeting I have in the morning, for example, I, I make sure I stop in each one of those and pick up Pandulza from each one of our members just to support them, you know. But nothing to say I do have a favorite bakery. But if I tell you, I'll kill you. I don't want nobody knocking on my door. <laughs> La hija del panadero está más suave que el pan. Reporting for this story came from me, Liz Stanton. Support comes from the Conant Family Foundation. Next time on Curious City, a 12-year-old question asker is seriously concerned about the city's plan to install bright, blue-tinted LED streetlights throughout Chicago. Those lights are just going to shine and light into our bedroom, shutting off our melatonin levels and rhythm. It's just horrible, actually. It's true that the new lights could interfere with sleep, but the city may have an alternative plan. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org slash curious. Thank you.